back for more fun and uh, and sports. Garen Emig and Bill Haston, a couple of Tulsa World Sports columnists, counting down to the start of the PGA Championship at Southern Hills Country Club. That will be the main really? topic. Yeah. Two weeks from as we speak. As we two speak. Weeks from, two weeks from as we speak, yep. we will be at Southern Hills. Yep. Well, we'll be there. And it's and for those who are, who are getting a head start, it's less than two weeks, whether it's practice rounds or, in our case, uh, we'll show up Monday and see who's see who we can see and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, this is this is here, Bill. Um, thanks very much for watching on TulsaWorld.com and for listening on uh, Google, Apple, and Spotify. Um, you've spent a lot of time out at the course. I, I actually finally made a cameo yesterday. Uh, you've seen a lot more than I have. Um, I was... I, I tell you, Bill, I drove from the, um, even if you cruise down 61st on the way to the entrance to the club and you can see the structures, right? Mm -hmm. the, the grandstands or pavilions, uh, even the camera towers, it, uh, <laughs> I was all of a sudden was going, I was going 30. So I was, I was uh, off of uh, 61st and Harvard. By the time I got to the gate, I think I was up to 50 because I was, I was a little bit excited. Let's just put it that way. So yeah. um, this is cool. For this is, I mean, I also say this is really, really cool and, and about to happen. Yeah, uh, I, I was, uh, I interviewed uh, Russ Myers, who's a, a really world renowned superintendent uh, on the seventh, just beyond the seventh green yesterday. And uh, we got such a break because we're putting together a Sunday package. It kind of centers on Russ Myers. Uh, but it involves other aspects of course maintenance and course preparation and pin placements and just I'm not I'm, I don't want to like like just overwhelm the readers with minutia but you know there's some interesting stuff like for instance like the, the mower that they use to cut the fairways mm -hmm. and they have a fleet of these things Garen those things sticker at sixty five thousand dollars a piece oh my gosh. The greens mowers sticker at like $75,000 a piece. <laughs> the rough mowers at like $90,000. So, I mean, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, but but uh, we got such a great break because in the morning yesterday, violent lightning, rain, heavy rain. And I'm thinking, oh, no, what a bad day to have a, a, a photo session at Southern Hills. And yeah. Just as we pulled in, Kelly Hines... And Mike Simons and I, as we pulled in, it just kind of quit. So we had a great afternoon there. And and uh, Kelly's riding on Brian Carnes, who's the championship director for the PGH of America and has been here for two years, prepping first for the senior last year. And then we get the PGA championship. And so Brian stays an additional year plus. He's a Stillwater native and an Oklahoma State grad and a former old colleague uh, New, student newspaper staff member who aspired to be a sports journalist and now How about he's that? at the top of the golf world so uh, <laughs> did, he, uh, did he choose wisely bill um well <laughs> for him he did yeah. <laughs> for him he did i mean i mean yeah he's a happy yeah, guy he's got a right. great career uh i'm just kidding yeah i know i don't dissuade anybody who's really committed to wanting to do this right it's just it's just it's not for sissies i can tell you that <laughs> It ain't. And you saw my email today and you can, <laughs> uh, but no, it, yeah, it's here. And, yeah. it's, uh, but I was marveling at, or we were, Russ and I were reflecting on last year's weather conditions for the senior, which you remember, like people were wearing jackets in the morning, during the morning. Right. 
things. And this tournament actually is a week earlier on the calendar than last year's senior. And I said, wouldn't it be amazing if we had that kind of weather? And he, of course, reminded me that in Oklahoma, man, you you could have a hat with 10 different weather possibilities and you're just going to draw and draw one and you don't know what you're going to get. But uh, he, he and everybody else are hopeful that we have afternoon highs of 80, uh, overnight lows of 50, rain the week before the tournament, but not the week of. And yeah. It should be a great week. I mean, Tulsa was always um, known as a place where hot major championships were played in June and August, and, and it kind of got a bad reputation because of it. So now we, for the first time, we have a major championship in this town, Garen, in May in the spring, and you just hope violent weather doesn't yeah. result in a disruption and that, that we have a, a, a great week, but it'll be uh, – you know, uh, if and especially if Tiger's here, if Tiger's here, and it looks like he will be, but it looks Tiger, like he will be, yeah. It it elevates this tournament. Just just his presence alone elevates the tournament uh, to a different level altogether. Well, wasn't it interesting that when he when he popped in last week, and I can't, gosh, did had you and I talked? Is this the first time we've been together since he was here? No. Because we we uh, recorded last week before he was here on Thursday last week, and we did it before Thursday yeah. last okay. week. So right. we so were, we were we had no idea. In fact, I I had no idea before ten a.m. the day up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, while we yeah this is well what what the point I want to make was well how interesting was it not just to see the reaction around here you know, where people pulling off and climbing trees media in some cases are shout out Caden McFarlane. <laughs> I, I don't know if our Ian Maul, who was, who was uh, assigned to take pictures for the world climbed one. He says he didn't, I'm still not sure if he was kidding or not. Um, but it wasn't just the mania around here, Bill, but gosh, when people shared photos and video, um, beginning with the plane touching down at out at Tulsa international and to see the, the, the rumbles, literally uh, just go out across, you know, up the golf world and, and just the sports nation. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure about Mickelson, Phil Mickelson's situation. He's got another uh, little public problem as of today's uh, new detail released from what Alan Shipnuck's going to have in his book here coming up and we can get to that. But, but just forgetting about Phil Tiger alone, just given the reaction to his showing up and, and, and queuing it up last week at Southern Hills, if that's any indication, that's enough to take what would, was going to be a really nice week and a monumental event for Tulsa to something uh, we now know far, far bigger. Well, I mean, it's just the if you think about the improbability of how the, these circumstances have stacked up, we were supposed to get this tournament in 2030. The Capitol incident happens. They strip, the PGA strips the 22 championship from a Trump-owned golf club in Jersey and Tulsa wins it uh, in large part because they already had <clears throat> boots on the ground here pre preparing for the senior PGA. Yeah. So <clears throat> it just made all the sense in the world that we would get the 2022 PGA championship <clears throat> and that my voice would die during a podcast. <laughs> uh, here he goes. <clears throat> but it's just water, folks. It's just water. No, it's Gatorade. Gatorade. Uh, yeah. Blue Gatorade. <laughs> So, uh, 
But then Tiger, only days after, Garen, only days after it's announced that we're going to get the 22 championship, Tiger has his car accident. And I remember writing, well, it looks like that's the end of, we'll never see Tiger in Tulsa again. He didn't think he'd play again. And then Phil Mickelson wins the PGA championship the day before the senior PGA championship week starts and everybody's all abuzz about, oh my gosh, Tulsa will have as a defending champion, Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well, we're not going to have Tiger, but we'll have Phil. And now it looks like we'll have Tiger and nobody at Southern Hills or with the PGA of America is going to go on record with a prediction on Phil. Mm-hmm. But it sure feels like he will not be here as the defending champion. There, there's not, there, you, don't you think, Garen, if there had been any movement, although he yeah. did register because he had to because of the deadline. Right. But if there were any real movement right now toward him, like coming back, if he was out playing and preparing and training for a major championship, you're not going to be able to keep that a secret. And right. I don't any leaks about him preparing to be in Tulsa for yeah. the defense of his PGA championship. Well, what happened today was uh, there was a release of, of the um, a, a segment, a, a passage of the upcoming unauthorized biography that that Alan Shipnuck is writing or has written. So he's written it. That's that's where the uh, the comments that that Mickelson made about the Saudi financed uh, golf league dropped rather infamously several weeks ago and today what what occurred was we got a sense of i mean we've all i think anyone who's followed either mickelson or golf has a pretty good idea of of mickelson's uh, gambling predicament but specifics had always been uh hard to come by and we the specific number of 40 million dollars in gambling losses got out today uh so that's another uh that's another cloud that Mickelson's PR team has got to try to temper moving forward. Bill, what, how about this? If, if the, if the knee jerk is that, well, this is another reason he ought to probably lay low for another, however many weeks just disappear from the world until he can get a handle on this. Is, is there, could you also on, on a conversely say, maybe his team is thinking, you know, go show up at the PGA's defending champion get address some of this stuff. Finally, whether it's how you feel about the Saudi league or, the $40 million in gambling debt, whatever it is, just present a present sort of a pivot against all of this, answer questions at the Monday or Tuesday press conference, then play, try to play four rounds of golf and, and try to turn the tide back in your favor. Is, right. is there any chance that that holds up or, or is this too far gone for him to, to want to even mess with a public, such a public appearance? Unless he's ready to retire. Whether it's here in two weeks or elsewhere, whenever, he's going to have to face the music and he's going to sit in a big room with a bunch of media and have to answer a bunch of tough questions. By the way, that $40 million in gambling losses was in a four-year window. Yeah, yeah. Like a lifetime. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Staff, uh, right. A lifetime body of work here. This is 2010 to 2014, according to this. Um uh, so I would, you know, if I were Phil Mickelson and if I'm really determined to, to get back out onto the PGA tour and mm-hmm. to try to restore my image and to try to patch up some relationships with some of these sponsors who have bailed on him, 
I can't start soon enough because it's the hard part of it is inevitable. Waiting is not going to make it easier at any point. So I would, I would come to Tulsa and, and sit up there. And, and if they want to ask questions for three hours, I'd answer them all. I just would. And cause it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, and you know, his, you know, I, I interviewed for an upcoming Q and A yesterday, Scott Van Pelt of ESPN, and who is uh, really at his core is a golf guy. He went to the network from Golf Channel. Right. His rookie year at ESPN, he was here for the U.S. Open, and we were reflecting on that. And uh, but Scott and I kind of agreed that Will Smith and Mickelson are kind of. Obviously, great differences, but but with regard to what the career moving forward might look like, mm-hmm. I don't think either guy will ever be the same. I don't yeah. think Will Smith will get the same kind of roles or the same kind of financing for those big movies that he got before. I think he's damaged goods. And can Phil Mickelson, by virtue of saying the right things, doing the right things, and uh, you know, getting back out and playing? Is that going to be enough to restore some or perhaps all of his uh, endorsement relationships? Because that's most of his money, right? I mean, right. I was, he's missing cuts and finishing tied for 33rd in a lot of these events that he was playing. So, you know, his to sustain his lifestyle, he's got to have that endorsement money. So I'm just saying it's in if he's going to really try to kind of make a comeback, tough questions and, and a tough – there's going to be some turbulence at the beginning of it, if not for a while. Mm-hmm. And I'd get started yep. as soon as possible. Yeah, and start that process. Yep. If he's not, if if we don't have a day like we had last week with Tiger, with Phil, in terms of wait, 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 have you have you heard? Have you heard? He's out at Southern Hills. He's playing 18. He's tuning up. If we don't have that by Monday, uh, is that a sign that he's not coming? I mean, in other words, is he, how much advanced work does he need? Well, Monday actually is the official day on which the PGA of America releases the field. Okay, so we'll know. Okay, so that'll be the tell. That's a tell-all. Fluid, though, you know, Garen. I mean, if Phil, if 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 a kind of a, you know, because he's not like officially suspended because they don't they don't golf doesn't work that way. Uh, golf doesn't work like the NFL. Um, but it feels like he's suspended. Yeah. And the commissioner has stated he ain't going to play again until we have a long talk. And you would think that long talk would have been uh, details of that talk, or at least that it happened would have been leaked if it had happened. So I'm presuming it has not happened. Um, so, yeah, Monday's a big day. It's not like the uh, absolute. Mm-hmm. No deadline. I don't think for Phil. I think if 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 something were negotiated later in the week, even right up till Monday or Tuesday of tournament week, and the PGA of America, well, really, it's the PGA Tour we're talking about here. PGA Tour. Uh, I just don't see the PGA of America. I think the PGA of America and the PGA Tour are kind of lockstepping on everything. So. Yeah. But I, I don't know if he'll be here. It's just amazing that because of Tiger, who now you got to say in sports history, has anybody had a longer shelf life as a phenom mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and Tiger. Think about it. I mean, and it's been, he had that big window there after his 09 personal issues where he wasn't winning a, a whole lot, certainly not at the rate he was before. Right. At all these injuries, and yet he can come to town, and like you say, people are climbing the fences, and there's a news helicopter <laughs> over and above the course, and, yeah. and, and, and it's just crazy. Uh, so it's just crazy, though, that Phil Mickelson, who's such a celebrated guy, uh, and has his own interesting history at Southern Hills, uh, should be here as a defending champion. And how glorious would it have been to have Tiger and Phil mm-hmm. both here um, as a 51-year-old defending champion in Mickelson's case and Tiger as a 46-year-old survivor of horrific leg injury. Yeah. Uh, and so but, – but Tiger is so overwhelming with his presence and his stardom that it renders uh, Mickelson's will he be here or will he not – Storyline is like sidebar status. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. I I think I said this last week with you. I, I'm almost to the point of uh along that line. I'm almost to the point of like, gosh, I, it's it's such a you get such a jolt um with Tiger in the field that you don't want anything to spoil that. You don't want anything to counter that. And at least for one day, if Mickelson were to actually show up, there would be the the, the, the uncomfortable uncomfortable is a light term for it, but there would be the day where he would get the questions, the Saudi questions, the gambling questions, whatever else is spilled in the book. And I think I think Shipnuck's book drops that week, does it not? I think that it's I think it's right. that week. Um pretty good anyway. timing. Huh? Good timing. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd be well, curious to right. ask you're right. It, it it it's out on the Tuesday of. Yeah, right. Curious to ask him. He'll be here. Be curious. That, that'd be my question, Alan. You didn't. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have anything to do with a release date, did you? How, how was that planned? Um, but anyway, I just I'm almost to the point of saying, looks like Tiger's coming. You know, party just went from you know seven or eight to of over ten to borrow the spinal tap uh, scale of reference, the amplifier scale of reference. And I, I just don't want anything to turn it back down. And I'm almost afraid that at least partially Mickelson's presence would sort of counterbalance that. I, I hope not. I hope not. We'll see. The, uh, uh, weren't the amps in that movie, they had an actual 11 setting on them? It was 11, yes. Yeah. That was the, uh, that was the Rob, that was Rob Reiner's cameo. He directed it. We're talking about this, the spinal tap, for those who were like, well, what, what, what the hell's happened here? Right. Rob Reiner makes a cameo as his name was Marty. I forget his last name. And he was uh, he was there with uh, Nigel Tufnell, I think. Right. The, uh, <laughs> was, it, was it Nigel or was it David? I always forget which role Michael McKeon plays anyway. Uh, and, he's, and Nigel slash David is showing uh, Marty around the uh, at the guitars and the amps and and in true spinal tap form. They, they created a new maximum volume of 11. So. We're we're at eleven now that Tiger is ninety five percent sure coming. Was that the first mockumentary? <laughs> what Spinal Tap kind of did? Was yeah, that yeah, pretty much. Funniest movies I've ever seen are mockumentaries. Uh, yeah. Best in Show. Have you ever seen Best in yes. Show? Yes, same. Yep, same people, same yep. principle. Mm-hmm. They uh, they know what they're doing. Even some of the misses are 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 hits compared comparatively, especially. But yeah, the Best in Show and and this is Spinal Tapper on a different level. Um, yeah. All right. 
Jeez, what else? If, if anything catch your eye? We talked we this we touched on this just briefly before coming on, Bill. Anything about the runaway train that is college sports uh got you thinking? <laughs> Have you curious or you just want to you just want to sit back and watch the carnage at this point? <laughs> well, no, no, I don't even think it's carnage. I just I mean, well, unless you're a, a, an NCAA loyalist or something. I mean, yeah. because I think the NCAA is doomed. Uh, and it's really the first time I've ever felt that it's it's imminent, not just possible or not just, you know, a hypothetical. I mean, it feels like it's going to happen. Before we hit record on here, you mentioned, you know, do football and men's basketball break away and have their own deal? I think they do because uh, they are uh, the revenue generators and they're, you know, they wield more power. They have the ability to do kind of whatever they want. So, you know, if you bundle the portal freedom of movement with the NIL, right dynamic with all of this chatter now about, you know, a super heavyweight division in football. Uh, it's been just an unbelievable two years of change at the highest level of college football and, and basketball. Um, I think football is more manageable than basketball. Basketball's a, basketball's a train wreck. Train wreck. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, it's just interesting that the NCAA seems so toothless now. It's like the NCAA's final big hammer shot was kind of the OSU sanctions. And now it's just like they're, they're just seem not to have much power anymore. And nobody seems to, um, I don't know, when you see the Ohio State athletic director say, hey, this, this, is, a, this is what it could look like. Mm -hmm. If he's going to go public with a, this is what it could look like. There's talk, there's underground talk every day about networking with the, with the big conferences right now. You know that about a whatever it would look like, sixty four or sixty five team school, um, super heavyweight division in football. I don't know what basketball look like. I just I really don't. Yeah. Or for that matter, what is the postseason? That's the biggest. Mystery to me is what do you do with the basketball postseason? Because that's really that's the one NCAA entity that they can hang on to. And it's their that that's their last blood is the NCAA to some extent the women's event as well, which has certainly grown a lot. Uh, but but the what keeps the NCAA in business is the men's basketball tournament. Mm -hmm. What's what's the postseason gonna look like in 10 years? Yeah, maybe five years. I don't know couple of things if there is the break off of, of any kind that's that's not college athletics just in general um the thing you worry about of course is the funding model for the non-revenue sports because it all comes down to the media rights for football especially and then the ncaa basketball tournament which is the cash cow when it comes to funding and if you have you do have some kind of a break off all of a sudden you've got to figure out what how you're gonna how you're gonna support you mentioned, you know, women's basketball, wrestling, baseball, softball, soccer, you know, everything. Uh, you, you could be the uh, you could be a, a program, the caliber of UConn women's basketball and suddenly wonder what's what's next for you. Penn State wrestling, Oklahoma softball, that that kind of thing. If you're looking, for, Bill, if, you're, if everyone's looking for something that that sounds 
like a solution to all of this. There, there may be one thing that I that I noticed. There's a proposal that's been, I, I believe it was put forth by the American Football Coaches Association, and we're talking just college football here. Uh, they propose two things, a uh, raising the cap on scholarship numbers for the next two years, I think, and that's, re that's a response to the COVID mess, right, and all the super seniors and what coaches are supposed to do. This is something Mike Gundy's been crowing about now for really since the pandemic, and he's been right, I think, because coaches have been playing a numbers game they can't, they can't figure out. This would give coaches some relief. The second thing to me is, is more important, and that is um, two specific periods where players can enter the transfer portal. Uh, and that is right after, right after the regular season for a period of, I believe it's four weeks, maybe between the end of the regular season and, and basically bowl season. And then again, another period in late April, which is essentially after spring practice. In other words, give players a chance to sort of get a feel for where they stand Right. In terms of whether they're going to play or what their situation is and make it more about that as opposed to what kind of NIL, again, it's, it's not going to do away with the NIL's effect on the portal. I, I'm not saying it would, but at least you'd put you'd have two sensible periods by which players could enter the portal and then slow that train down a little bit. I, don't, I assume that one might get passed, especially if coaches are the ones that can influence AD's presidents and, and whatever legislative committees have to say have to have a say so before it is passed. Yeah. The key word in that whole your whole presentation there was sensible. Because when I read about the the proposed windows for the portal movement, that's the word that came to mind. Was mm -hmm. that makes sense. So I'm I'm you 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 can't have 12 months a year of mayhem. Mm -hmm. I mean you can, but you shouldn't. So I think out of fairness to programs, coaches, and athletes, uh, that, that's that's the best balance mm -hmm. is is to, okay, you, we're not we're not cutting back on your ability to do this, right? But you do have specific periods during which you can do this. So yep. uh, otherwise, you know, I mean, they could do it anytime they want, but with regard to immediate eligibility or whatever. Mm -hmm. You got these windows to do it in, and that way, you know, Brent Venables doesn't get waylaid, you know, early summer, and finds out he he's lost, he that his roster's taking a hit, or Mike Gundy finds out, you know, that he's got two fewer receivers mm -hmm. in June than he came out of spring thinking he had. So, um, yeah, yeah, that made sense to me actually. That more than anything in a while, that kind of made sense and mm -hmm. seemed to serve both sides. Right. I wouldn't take this as a sign, though, of things to come just in general. It's a lot easier to get your hands uh, or, or your arms wrapped around and your brains wrapped around the portal than it is NIL. Then that, that of course, that's NIL is why Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, is uh, apparently having visits with the federal government right now to try to, one last shot at some kind of a national uniform policy on name, image, and likeness. I'm not sure that that the government's going to be a lot, very interested in helping, uh, especially coming off the uh, the nine nothing ruling against the NCA with regard to uh, uh, how they've operated uh, their business model for years last summer, which prompted NIL in the first place. But we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. Here's the guest I was referring. To. <laughs> he said he was he said he was bringing a guest on for the first time, and we have one. Yeah. Well, I mean. How, I just wonder how it's gone for Russ since he left Oklahoma City. And 
So not, 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 not so well. I mean, nope. Durant oh, we out of the playoffs. Westbrook didn't even get in, and Harden's like this close to being out of it. So thank for, you, bro. For uh, those for those just listening, Bill held up a a, a, a what do we call? It? It's not a fat. I want to. Boy, I'm getting old. What it's is that? Fat, it's just a, it's just a cardboard cut out of Russell. Westbrook. Cardboard cut out of Russell Westbrook. There he is. Yeah, and he's no comment from Russ, huh? No, 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 wait a minute. Wait. The next question. <laughs> That's going to – next question takes saying, everyone back to the good old days. Listen, I'm just kind of tickled that these uh, cobbled together ring-chasing super teams are <laughs> too well in the playoffs. So, um, doesn't bother me a bit. Lakers are out. Nets are out. Um, James Harden kind of uh, left two – Organizations high and dry, and now he's he and the Sixers look like they're going to get bounced here pretty quick. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching Warriors. Grizzlies is fun. Bucks. Celtics is fun. Uh, where's Phoenix? Dallas. Two O. Phoenix. Yeah, they're up two yeah. O. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, even with Embiid, if he's able to be back for Game Three, presumably wearing a mask. Yeah. See that shot he took to the oh player. yeah 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 you know that hurt um you know that changed the eastern conference so um i think i think we're right i don't know though you know the the x factor team is boston that's the team i mean i because i'm really thinking we're, we're going to have a, re, a replay of the uh or a rematch of the Suns and bucks but mm-hmm. uh when the Celtics shoot like they did Tuesday night, they're real good. They're really – you know, Marcus Smart's a really underrated Oklahoma guy. He really is. He's no, had a he, nice career. How many guys in the NBA now have been with the same team for nine years or whatever it is? I'm trying to think, Bill, What's this is probably a subject for a summer pod that we do, but what, what's yeah. the last Oklahoma State basketball player that's had this impact in the NBA? Oh, man. Um, I mean, how far back do we have to go for him? Uh, Tony Allen did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Now, Tony Allen was a, was a, yeah. he was like one of the ultimate role playing glue guy kind of players. For, but I'm not sure he got to where Smart is. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Um, and you know, to be fair, Big Country was labeled a bust, but. If not for a back injury, he would have had a nice career, but mm-hmm. he had a really bad back injury. He also got a settlement ultimately of 38 million bucks. So big country's doing fine. But but he would have had a nice career. I believe that. Now he would big country flourish in today's NBA? No. Uh, no, because of the emphasis on on the three ball. But um, um man, you ask a, a great question. Um John Starks. Do people even think of Starks as OSU? I guess so, a little bit. I don't as readily associate him with Oklahoma State, Garen, as I do Marcus Smart. But maybe yeah. that's because Marcus Smart was there as recently as only 10 years ago. But yeah. uh, but uh, Marcus Smart is going down in history kind of as a really important Celtic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's even got a green hair for the playoffs. So um, that's. I, I like the heck out of Marcus Smart. Yeah. That, that chance to cash in and chase rings or do all that. 
and he he never has uh, he stayed loyal to the Celtics, so it's yeah, kind yeah. of refreshing. Boston. I don't know. Like I know you didn't expect to talk about the NBA, and really neither did I, except I was putting a load of clothes in the from the washer into the dryer, and I was reached for something, and this like fell out. <laughs> did you take that <laughs> home from a game one night? No, it was a, it was like a silly giveaway thing from one of the playoffs or something. Years yeah, ago. right, right. I, I just I brought it home and I stuck it in a thing above the washer and the dryer. First time I was, I had to dust him off. Before. <laughs> I had to dust him off before he made an appearance here. I didn't want to be disrespectful to Russell. There's probably some commentary in what you just said. I, <laughs> hey, he, he's guaranteed $47 million next year. Somebody's going to pay him $47 million. That's, that, yeah, well, gosh. Speaking of runaway, speaking of, tra- speaking of trains off the tracks, <laughs> golly. A broken uh, – I, I, the NBA is, is uh, with all that guaranteed money. <laughs> uh, the Players Association in the NBA – has got it all over the NFL. Yeah. Holy cow. All right, we got to shut it all down. The, but I want all the NBA money's guaranteed. Yeah. And, and I heard it. All right, we got to wrap this up. But I did. It's hear, all right. I think Brian Windhorst uh, said, and during a recent PTI appearance, that there is a chance at least that the Lakers will cut him and pay him that 47 minutes because there's no interest in, in anybody wanting to acquire him. Yeah. Can you imagine uh-huh. $57 million in, in one year dead money on one guy. Beautiful, That's world. Beautiful world we live in, as uh, Devo once sang. Okay. All right. Um, one, one thing real quick I got to do before we, before we say goodbye uh, is remind everyone that the All World Awards are August 2nd. Uh, Bill Knight Automotive, once again, is uh, going to help us put that show on. It's been a fabulous event the last several years. Um, we, we missed one because of COVID. We came back pretty strong last year. Mike Boynton was the uh, keynote speaker. Rod Thompson, guy you know very well, will be doing that honor for us this year. That's August 2nd. And if uh, you want to get tickets for this event, and we hope you do, you can uh, check that out at allworldawards.com. It's at the Renaissance Tulsa Hotel and Convention Center. Change of venue as well. And Oh, oh mention the date. It's August 2nd. A little later than usual in the calendar, but it's coming August 2nd. I kind of like it. I like that day because, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is days, just a couple of days before all of the high school preseason camps. That's true. So everybody's kind of more wired. That's true. Midsummer, everybody's kind of like just unplugged a little bit and exhaling and half the kids are getting ready to go to college and the other half are getting ready to, you know, it just feels August 2nd to me, or first week of August is, I kind of hope it stays as the permanent. We, we, we may we may have to update the dress code. Blazers uh, optional for the for the guys because it, it's likely to be 110. <laughs> that is my only concern that day. So, I'm, I'm hoping to get by with a hoodie and a and I'll put a tie on, but I, maybe I wear a hoodie. You're not wearing a hoodie on in August, dude. No, you're right. It's no uh, way. No, I'm just I'm just thankful that we have this major championship in May here. Yeah. We have at least a chance of afternoon highs of 80, 82, overnight lows of 55. Um, you know, and we can get that we can brush away that bad reputation that Tulsa is a terrible place for a major championship. 
it's not a universal. Everybody agrees Southern Hills is amazing and Tulsa is a great market for the championships, but it's just been so damn hot here. Right. And the last major championship memory anybody has of Tulsa that was the hottest major of all time here in 07. So, yep. Nope. Going back to looking at the archives, that's 20 degrees cooler. And I, I just think it'll be an amazing event with a $140 million economic impact. And, uh, yep. So let's go. All right, folks. Thanks for watching, listening and all of that. We will be back next week, uh, to, to get even more worked up about the uh, PGA and other sports items on the docket. Keep reading us, keep watching us, keep listening to us in the meantime.